Hello, everybody. This is Joseph P. Farrell with news and views from the Nefarium, our second one of 2021, January 14th, Thursday. And I want to start out with uh, a bit of um, housekeeping things for the members of my website. Uh, we do have a vid chat tomorrow. This will be the one at 2 in the afternoon U.S. Central Time, as always. I'll be in there early for a little pre-chat. Um, I've already had some questions submitted. Please remember, you've got to get them in before I hit the sack <laughs> tonight, and I don't know when that will be. Um, and then we will have one next Friday, a week from tomorrow. That will be the one at 6.30 U.S. Central Time for our uh, American and Pacific Basin members anybody's welcome you know it doesn't matter where you live you're welcome to all the vid chats now the reason i'm mentioning this is these two vid chats are the standard vid chat that all of you who are members and participate in the chats are used to at the end of the month we're having our first short vid chat these will be limited to three hours in length with very little pre-chat and I've already posted that chat in the members area on the website so that you can submit your questions in the form of the comments underneath it. So this will enable um, people to see the questions uh, before the chat and send things in. And it's a first-come, first-served basis only on those vid chats, folks. Send in your comments, your questions and comments in the comments section. And... I'll get to the ones that I get to. So for those of you concerned that the new vid chat means an alteration in the format of the old vid chat, that's not the case. Uh, we're just adding a new vid chat so that things will be faster. Some people like a faster pace and want to see the questions and so on and so forth. Some people are new and they kind of want to be brought up to speed and so on. So the new vid chat will be at the end of this month. Anyway, that's the housekeeping and i have a couple of stories today and they're entirely unrelated um for those of you who've been following my blogs on the website you'll know that this week i started out blogging about what i'm calling the geopolitical fallout or implications or blowback whatever you wish from the recent american elections and i suspect that there's going to be a lot of geopolitical fallout uh, as I put it in last week's news and views, we're dealing now basically with a banana republic with nukes. <laughs> so uh, I have I have the feeling that we're going to have a lot of geopolitical fallout. And it looks to me like there may already be fallout. I, I pulled up this story right before I started the recording, so I had to go back and redo everything. Because this is uh, from Israel. It appeared just today, and uh, I want you to listen to just uh, a couple. It's a very short article. I'll link it for you when I post this uh, link. But this is a warning, apparently, from the Israeli Defense Forces, and the title of this short story is Army Warns Civilians by Radio for Bomb Shelters in Preparation for Mass Power Outage. Now, we've been hearing stories of power outages uh, recently all over the world, particularly a big one in Pakistan, if I'm not mistaken. But here's the story. It's by, uh, authored by David Sidman. And uh, 
I'll read just four short paragraphs here from this article, but I, I do think that what we're looking at here could possibly be fallout already or blowback already from the recent elections in this country. Quote, in what many are saying is a forewarning against an imminent Iranian strike, a rather ominous video was posted or published Wednesday by the Israeli Defense Forces Home Front Command. The Army's clip instructs Israeli civilians to keep a radio in their bomb shelters in case of massive power or Internet outage. In the video, the presenter explains that if there is a power cut, the only way to get information or warnings is via a radio. And skipping one paragraph here. Although the Israeli Defense Force tried to keep the video lighthearted, reports from Tehran indicate that their nuclear ambitions have only gained steam in anticipation of a Biden presidency. There's the clear geopolitical implication. The United States reports that Iran has notified the International Atomic Energy Agency that it intends to install metallic uranium production equipment at the Isfahan site, which could be used to develop nuclear weapons. And indeed, that is the case. You need to metallicize uh, uranium-235 if you intend to use it as fuel for a bomb. So the metallicization of uranium is a key part of that process. So anyway, write that down possibly to some geopolitical fallout already in terms of the election. Now, do I think Iran is going to strike Israel with nuclear weapons? No. But clearly... Um, the IDF is getting ready for some ratcheting up of tensions with that announcement, and I suspect strongly that we can hear and we'll see more of the same. Now, the second article is on a completely different story. Uh, we've been watching these vaccine rollouts uh, for the COVID plan scandemic, and uh, this article appeared in the UK Daily Mail. And I want to begin in the middle of this article. Then I'll go back and tell you what the article is, all right? But I want to begin in the middle of this article, which cites a tweet by a, I believe it was a tweet, by a lady by the name of Heidi Neckelman in Florida. And I'm going to read what she posts here and then go to the article. This, to me, is uh, heartbreaking. And quite honestly, so unnecessary. She writes this. The love of my life, my husband, Gregory Michael, MD, an obstetrician that had his office in the Mount Sinai Medical Center in Miami Beach, died the day before yesterday due to a strong reaction to the COVID vaccine. Now, these are her words I'm citing. He was a very healthy 56-year-old, loved by everyone in the community, delivered hundreds of healthy babies, and worked tirelessly through the pandemic. He was vaccinated with the Pfizer vaccine at Mount Sinai Medical Center on December 18th. Three days later, he saw a strong set of petechiae on his feet and hands, which made him seek attention at the emergency room at Mount Sinai Medical Center. Now, these petechiae are little red dots that indicate internal bleeding. Okay, that's what he noticed, and we'll get back to that. 
And the CBC that was done at his arrival showed his platelet count to be zero. Let me read that again. The CBC that was done at his arrival showed his platelet count to be zero. A normal platelet count ranges from 150,000 to 450,000 platelets per microliter of blood. He was admitted at the intensive care unit with a diagnosis of acute ITP. We'll get back to that caused by a reaction to the COVID vaccine. A team of expert doctors tried for two weeks to raise his platelet count to no avail. Experts from all over the country were involved in his care. No matter what they did, the platelet's count refused to go up. He was conscious and energetic through the whole process, but two days before a last resort surgery... He got a hemorrhagic stroke caused by the lack of platelets that took his life in a matter of minutes. He was pro, a pro-vaccine advocate. That is why he got it himself. I believe that people should be aware that side effects can happen, that it is not good for everyone, and in this case destroyed a beautiful life, a perfect family, and has affected so many people in the community. Do not let his death be in vain. Please save more lives by making this information news. And Ms. Neckelman, I'm more than happy to do that. So let me go to the article. The article appears in the UK's Daily Mail. The article is titled, CDC and Pfizer are investigating the death of a very healthy Miami obstetrician 16 days after he received the vaccine and suffered a brain hemorrhage. So let me read a few paragraphs from this article, but I want, to, uh, I want you to pay particular attention toward the end of this article, what I'm going to read from it, Okay. So here we go. Quote, Dr. Gregory Michael, 56, an obstetrician with a private practice at Mount Sinai Medical Center in Miami Beach, died on January 3rd, 16 days after receiving Pfizer's COVID vaccine. Michael's death is being investigated along with the Florida Department of Health and the Federal Centers for Disease Control and, Inter and Prevention. Samples from an autopsy conducted last Wednesday have been sent to the CDC, said Darren Caprara, the Director of Operations for the Miami-Dade County Medical Examiner's Department. The CDC said in a statement that it planned to evaluate the case and, quote, provide timely updates on what is known and any necessary actions, unquote. Now, just wait for the updates. You know what they're going to say. I'll bet you money. <laughs> okay. If his death is linked directly to the vaccine, notice the subjunctive mood. If his death is linked directly to the vaccine, and again, as I say, you have to wonder if they're even going to admit it. If his death is linked directly to the vaccine, Dr. Michael would be the first known, notice that, first known fatal case. A spokesman for Pfizer told DailyMail.com the firm was looking into his death, but they did not believe that it had any link to the vaccine. Heidi, this is his wife, Heidi Neckelman, age 58, thinks the groundbreaking Pfizer biotech, uh, BioNTech vaccine may have somehow been the trigger. Quote, in my mind, his death was 100% linked to the vaccine. 
There is no other explanation, unquote, she told DailyMail.com in an interview last week, Fighting Back Tears. Now, ITP, you'll remember, was mentioned by her in her tweet. And basically, it's immune thrombocytopenic purpura, which is a blood disorder created by a decrease in the number of platelets in the blood. Now, there's two types, acute and chronic. I'm not going to bother going into chronic. But here's what, pardon me, going into the acute, but here's what they say in the Daily Mail article about the chronic uh, thrombocytopenic purpura. And I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Quote, the onset of the disorder can happen at any age and the symptoms can last a minimum of six months, several years, or a lifetime. Adults have this form more often than children do, but it does affect adolescents. Females have it more than males. Chronic ITP can occur often and requires continual follow-up care with a blood specialist or a hematologist. And then it lists some causes of it. Medications, including over-the-counter medications, can cause allergic reactions that cross-reacts with the platelets. The second is infections, typically viral infections, including viruses that cause chickenpox, hepatitis C, and AIDS. And those can prompt antibodies that cross-react with platelets. Pregnancy, immune disorders such as rheumatoid arthritis and lupus, low-grade lymphomas and leukemias may also uh, trigger this. And sometimes the, un the cause of immune uh, thrombocytopenic purpura is not known. The symptoms are the purple color of skin after blood has linked underneath it or, and this is what Dr. Uh, Michaels noticed, tiny red dots under the skin that are the result of very small bleeds, nosebleeds, bleeding in the mouth or in and around the gums, heavy menstrual periods, blood in the vomit, urine, or stool, and bleeding in the head. Now, let me continue back with the article. Dad of one Gregory suffered no immediate reaction to the injection, but three days later he was taking a shower and noticed pedicea, the spots of red that indicate bleeding beneath the skin on his feet and hands. When he checked himself into Mount Sinai Medical Center in Miami Beach, the hospital where he works, and had the groundbreaking vaccine, medics discovered he was suffering from an acute lack of platelets. Now I'm skipping all the way to the end of the article here, folks. Fasten on your thinking cap and your listening very carefully. Kids can get ITP after a viral infection such as the flu or mumps, while in adults, triggers can include HIV, hepatitis, or H. pylori, a type of bacteria that causes stomach ulcers. Gregory's wife insists, however, that he had none of these illnesses. One solution to ITP is to remove the spleen, but Heidi says he wasn't a candidate because his blood wasn't able to clot, making the operation too dangerous. Gregory's platelet count, doctors, with Gregory's platelet count, doctors decided they had no choice. However, he died from a hemorrhagic stroke when blood from an artery bleeds into the brain before he could undergo the surgery. 
They gave him medicine. They gave him an incredible amount of platelet infusions. I'm told all the platelets in Miami-Dade County, Heidi said. But no matter what they did, nothing helped. The blood test came back with zero platelets every time. My husband had conversations with the doctors, listen carefully, who said it was highly probable that the vaccine was the cause. It seems possible to me that somehow it instructed his body to attack the wrong thing, the platelets, unquote. If Gregory's fatal condition is traced directly back to the groundbreaking Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine, it would be the first known death linked to it. The jab was heralded as an extraordinary breakthrough in the fight against COVID-19 after it was analyzed by global health bodies in record time and cleared for use in the U.S. one week before Gregory had it. Instead of a live virus, listen, folks, listen. Instead of a live virus that uses messenger RNA, which is essentially a set of instructions which tells cells how to produce a spike protein, the same protein which is found on the surface of the coronavirus. This triggers the immune system to make antibodies against the spike protein so that if the real coronavirus enters the body, it can be recognized and destroyed. Quote, my husband had a few questions, but he's certainly not anti-vaccine, Heidi said. Quote, he wanted to protect his patients and his family from COVID. He believed it would be safe, unquote. Now, folks, my heart goes out to Ms. Neckelman and her daughter, their daughter. Uh, you can see pictures of them in that UK article. But this, this is the problem. We're dealing here with an operating system that is literally designed to make your body sort of reproduce or clone the virus itself so that it builds up your immune system so that you can attack it. Now, this makes no sense to me. Give you the disease so that you can attack the disease. And when you're tinkering around with messenger RNA, it's entirely possible that you're going to produce instructions that are going to go wrong in some people like it did in this poor man. And let's remember the other part of this, too. There is a considerable, I think, prima facie case with the arrest of Dr. Charles Lieber at Harvard University. Remember him? With his ties to the Wuhan laboratory in China, they arrested him for allegedly not disclosing his financial ties to that institution. Well, Dr. Lieber was also a, a, an expert in nanotechnology, and they've, they've been talking about downloading systems via drugs, vaccines, and so on that can break the blood-brain barrier and deliver things directly into the brain. Now, I have to wonder particularly since we're told, I have not been able to verify this, but since we're told that in some cases the ingredients on these vaccines are not spelled out, I have to wonder if they've got some of that technology in this thing and that maybe it went haywire and destroyed this man. So um, I'm putting that out there because Ms. Neckelman asked people for, to pass along the information uh, I'm certainly doing that, 
because you know, folks, uh, basically over the years, what I think about all of these vaccines and the crud that they put into them. So anyway, pass that along, folks. Um, yeah, financial wrongdoing. Uh, hooch zero 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 in the chat room says, but I, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that Hooch because I have not heard any follow up story either. You know, Doctor Lieberman was arrested, and they talked about it maybe for a day and a half, and then, bang, off off of the news it went. So anyway, folks, I will link these two articles uh, when I post this uh, on YouTube and on the website so that you can look at these articles and read the stories for yourselves. Hang in there, folks. Uh, 2021 is already off to a very bad start. <laughs> and I suspect it's only going to get worse. Um, anyway, that's it for today's news and views. Don't forget the vid chat tomorrow at 2. Uh, get your questions in before I hit the sack tonight uh, because I, I've got to print them out and get them, get them all sorted and everything. And then for those of you who are kind of new to the vid chats, don't forget we've got the new one coming up at the end of the month. It's already posted in the members area. Some people have already posted questions in the comments for that vid chat uh, already. So get your questions and comments in and we'll see you tomorrow and see you all here next week. Bye-bye. And I'll see you on the flip side.